Hey, welcome to Space Gab. This is Mike Coletta. It's the 13th of January, 2021. Space Gab can be heard at www.spacegabpodcast.com. Well, it seems I've been saying every week there's a whole bunch of space stuff this week, and there is. First up, a treasure trove of CIA files about UFO sightings across the globe has been published. The dossier is busting with hundreds of declassified records containing once top-secret information on unidentified aerial phenomena. It's a website called The Black Vault. It's pretty really popular. The owner of The Black Vault, he is probably the king of the Freedom of Information Act request. He's sent so many over the years, uh, FOIAs, and uh, he's gotten back quite a bit. But I guess this is just bursting his net server Crazy. I mean, the CAA documents that they declassified, there's so many, and so many people are going into the uh, web, his website and pulling down these documents, which are searchable. He created searchable PDF files for these documents. So if you're into the UFO stuff, the UAP stuff, the uh, all that kind of stuff, just go to the Black Vault online and check out his newest release of these declassified CIA files about UFOs. Rolls-Royce and UK Space Agency pursue nuclear-powered space exploration. This article says Rolls-Royce and the UK Space Agency have signed an agreement to study the application of nuclear energy in the space exploration. The first contract between the two organizations, the project will examine how nuclear energy can power spacecraft and be used for deep space propulsion. You know, that's one thing. You know, the the rovers on Mars, uh, and those that are on Mars that are functional still, and those that are on their way to Mars from other countries, they use nuclear power. There's no other way they're going to stay powered up if they don't use nuclear power. So everybody's getting on this bandwagon. I just recently I reported about the U.S., uh, signing agreements and uh, policies to pursue the use and the uh, design of nuclear power devices for space exploration. So more and more countries you're going to see getting in uh, to this effort. And uh, nuclear power, I mean, if you're going to go to deep space right now, it's the only way to, to go unless they do come up with something else, something new, something exciting and uh, br- groundbreaking. And speaking of Mars rovers, Curiosity rover reaches its 3,000th day on Mars. As the rover has continued to ascend Mount Sharp, it's found distinctive bench-like rock formations. It's been 3,000 Martian days, or sols, since Curiosity touched down on Mars on August 6, 2012. The rover keeps making new discoveries during its gradual climb up Mount Sharp, the three-mile-tall mountain it has been exploring since 2014. Geologists were intrigued to see the series of rocks benches in the most recent panorama of the mission. 
you know, Curiosity was not supposed to still be functioning. Uh, the, all the rovers pretty much have gone way beyond what their uh, expected life was. Just, uh, it's amazing. So Perseverance is on its way now, Mars rover Perseverance, with a lot more experimental devices and uh, cameras and microphones. As I reported one other time, it has microphones on it. So it's the first time, I think, that a rover has microphones, and they'll be uh, actually, you know, sending back audio uh, of the from the surface of Mars. We already saw, and I did share on one of the Space Gap podcasts that the um, Mars Perseverance was sending some audio back on its way to Mars, uh, and you know, you did hear a little bit. It wasn't real exciting, but anything you know <laughs> from space is exciting to me anyway. So, uh, 3,000 days, Curiosity rover. Jupiter mission by China could include Callisto landing. Says China opened the 2020s by bringing samples back from the moon and sending its first mission to Mars. The country's space agency hopes to end the decade by launching a spacecraft to Jupiter that could include a lander bound for the moon Callisto. China has hinted before that it would like to send missions to the outer planets. Chinese scientists working with European collaborators are now solidifying plans for two distinct Jupiter mission concepts, one of which will likely move forward. Both seek to unravel mysteries behind the planet's origins and workings using a main spacecraft and one or more small vehicles. So China going to Jupiter too. I tell you, as I've been reporting lately, uh, China has been really stepping up, and they've got, uh, and I'll talk about it in a little bit, the uh, another space station that they're going to be putting up. That'll be their third. Well, SpaceX Starship SN9, the next in the serial series, the uh, supposed to be doing a, another uh, hot firing test last night, and uh, where it's going to fire off all of its engines prior to getting another flight test. And uh, the prior night also, they were waiting for uh, one of these uh, hot tests, but it didn't happen. Again, last night it got an abort. But what did happen, it was kind of cool, I was kind of watching one of the live feeds they've got. They've got quite a few live feeds on uh, on the YouTube and different formats, different venues that you can watch. Some have commentaries, and I just was watching one without the commentary. I just wanted to see if it actually was going to do the test, the SpaceX uh, Starship SN9. But it didn't. But what it did do is we saw drones, some of the SpaceX drones. I guess I was understood that only SpaceX can fly its drones around the area. And uh, apparently there were two drones last night. I only saw one on the live feed. But I I got some uh, screen captures of it, and I shared that on my Twitter feed of the actual drones. And quite a few people, almost a 1,000 people, took a look at it. And you see the drones hovering above the Starship uh, prior to abort, I guess. And they were doing a lot of venting of the space, uh, the rockets. And uh, then I went online to see, and somebody, some of the observers, there's quite a few observers, I said, yep, once again, another abort tonight. So I guess they're going to try for tonight again, uh, Wednesday night, to try to do a live live fire uh, testing of the engines prior to them sending up uh, SN9 in, in for a, a test flight. 
Uh, hopefully it will, if it does happen, the, the test flight soon, hopefully it will end up better, a better test flight than the SN8, which uh, I reported on as, you know, everything went fine until it tried its landing, and then it did a hard landing and exploded. But, yeah, it was kind of cool watching the drones above uh, the SpaceX Starship last night. NASA and the government of Japan have formalized gateway partnership for Artemis program, says NASA saying NASA and the government of Japan have finalized an agreement for the Lunar Gateway, an orbiting outpost that commercial and international partners will build together. This agreement strengthens the broad effort by the United States to engage international partners in sustainable lunar exploration as part of the Artemis program and to demonstrate the technologies needed for human missions to Mars. I guess, let's see, under this agreement, Japan will provide several capabilities for the Gateway's International Habitation Module, which will provide the heart of Gateway life support capabilities and additional space where crew will live, work, and conduct research during Artemis missions. So... More plans and work, more more partners getting on board for uh, this lunar gateway that uh, they've been talking about. And uh, we'll see what happens with that. We'll see how the funding is and the mission to Mars and the whole bit. So if all goes well, that's really exciting. Really exciting indeed. Well, Blue Origin, the New Shepard mission NS-14 is targeted for liftoff tomorrow, which is January 14th, uh, for a test flight for the New Shepard Rocket, you know, Blue Origin uh, recently announced that they're going to be partnering with NASA, so all their tests are very important uh, to make sure everything goes well. So, uh, as as more and more of these uh, commercial entities, space uh, programs, get on board with NASA, you're going to see a lot more testing going on. So, Blue Origin New Shepard rocket will be setting up a new another uh, test flight for tomorrow. And it looks like the 45th Space Wing has announced they're, they're going to be seeing up to possibly 53 launches this year, uh, including three crewed missions and premieres of vehicles like Vulcan. The wing's estimates are high, uh, usually higher than what we see by the end of the year. But 53 is significant, they say. So many more launches seen uh, on the Eastern Range, 45th Space Wing says that. While Russia may find citizens who use SpaceX's Starlink Internet service, Russia's legislative body, the State Duma, is considering fines for individuals and companies in the country that use Western-based satellite Internet services. The proposed law seeks to prevent accessing the Internet by means of SpaceX's Starlink service, OneWeb, or any other non-Russian satellite constellations under development. Oh, wow. Wonder, wonder how that's going to work out for them. We'll, I guess we'll just wait and see when, when we hear of some, um, fines or some other punishments that are, that are given for using <laughs> satellite based internet service. Interesting. Juno spacecraft discovers FM radio signal coming from Jupiter moon. Says the Juno spacecraft orbiting Jupiter has discovered an FM radio signal coming from the moon Ganymede, a finding that marks the first time detection from the moon, according to uh, a station in Salt Lake City, Utah, KTVX. It's not ET, said Patrick Wiggins, 
one of NASA ambassadors to Utah. It's more of a natural function. Hmm. Wonder if they've got uh, some Jupiter moon DJs on uh, that moon. Wouldn't that be interesting? I wonder what kind of music they play. What kind of talk they have. I wonder, wonder what kind of podcast they have. Hey, maybe they need the Space Gab podcast. Space Gab Radio. Wouldn't that be cool? On uh, Jupiter's moon, Ganymede. Well, the SpaceX Crew Dragon undocked uh, yesterday and departed from the International Space Station. Uh, it did sp- splash down uh, and um, all was well. And I guess it does have some, like, I think I heard there were some little space mice on board. So they had to get these experiments. They had experiments that were coming back to Earth. So they had a time frame they had to get these things back by. So uh, these little space mice uh, were part of the experimentation and a bunch of other experiments that came uh, came down on the uh, SpaceX Crew Dragon. But uh, I did watch the uh, undocking and, and it's pulled away. And um, so it's on its way back now, or I guess it's back now. Uh, this, the Crew Dragon uh, successfully came back to Earth. Well, in 1946, a UHF radio signal was bounced off the moon and back to Earth for the first time by humans. It was called Project Diana. Uh, and I was looking at some of the articles they had about that uh, anniversary from 1946. And then I kind of mentioned that in 19, or 19, in 2013, I received a VHF signal bounce off the moon that while the moon was over Texas and once again during the same day when it was over California, I used uh, the radio signals that were transmitted from the now decommissioned space fence. That was 216 megahertz VHF signals that were sent up in a narrow 8-degree beam, and uh, I was actually was able to get the reflection of those signals in my backyard using my coat hanger antenna, my little Yagi coat hanger antenna, uh, twice. Once it went uh, over Texas, through the beam over Texas, and then again when it went uh, over California. So I got uh, two mean moon bounces that same day. I kind of showed some diagrams on my Twitter feed, but that was kind of exciting. But 1946, first time that humans actually bounced a signal off the moon. NASA has scheduled the SLS rocket hot fire test. That's where they fire all the rocket engines at once. And that's going to be happening on the 16th of January. They did send out a uh, premature uh, media advisory, and then they rescinded that. I guess they didn't make uh, it clear that it, they hadn't uh, actually gone and approved that one yet. And so they put... Later in the day, they did send out the same media advisory that they moved the test a little bit, one day to the left. So it was going to be on the 17th, and they moved it to the 16th. So we'll see how that goes. So SLS rocket hot fire test going on down at the uh, Mississippi rocket test facility. Boeing to provide six more solar arrays for the International Space Station. A media release says Boeing will support the International Space Station's growing research capabilities and commercial opportunities with new solar arrays to increase the orbiting laboratory's power supply. The modification to Boeing's ISS sustainment contract with NASA calls for Boeing to deliver six additional solar arrays to NASA for installation beginning in 2021. So, more power 
for the ISS. Here's a quick note. Let's see. Following a series of contract protests, the Space Development Agency again awarded SpaceX a $149 million contract and L3 Harris Tech a $193.5 million contract to each build four satellites to detect and track ballistic and hypersonic missiles. Well, yeah, that's that new thing. The ballistic missiles, you know, there's a lot of things that track those right now, uh, both ground and space. But the hypersonic missiles, that's pretty much new technology because those things are getting to be, I guess, so fast. Some countries are saying we're going to make a hypersonic missile that you're, you know, you won't be able to detect with your technology. Well, I guess new technology is going to have to be in the works for something like this. Uh, I, I remember during early in my career, uh, when I came out to Colorado, I worked for the Missile Warning and Space Surveillance uh, Directorate, uh, among other many directorates. And finally, you know, with my throughout my 36 years with DoD, but uh, we we had a number of um, systems that detected. Uh, mostly, I was working on the ground systems, not the not the space systems. But um, yeah, there's this hypersonic missile stuff. There's just there's just so quick. And uh, like I said, new technology is going to have to be in the works for something like that. So we'll see what kind of satellites these two contractors provide. NASA's Europa Clipper has been liberated from the space launch system. Politically motivated claws removed and replaced with an only if. I guess I was reading through this uh, news article, and I guess originally they said that the, the NASA uh, Europa Clipper program had to use the SLS uh, well, now they've done redone this, and they removed that clause, and then put only only if the uh, SLS is available at that time. Otherwise, it could use a commercial uh, launch service. So we'll see what happens. More, more than likely, I, I would imagine. And I did see some recent uh, articles saying that that they were going to be using a a commercial provider to launch the Europa Clipper mission. So we'll have to wait and see. But they did take the the uh, it's, you know, the clause where it said it had to use the SLS and uh, said only if it was available now. So that's going to happen a lot because as, as, you know, funding is not available for certain things or, or uh, time frames for the program slips to the right, things like this, you know, you're going to have to, you know, you can't lock someone in to make one s- spacecraft to launch it with when that spacecraft might not be available. And then you'll, you'll be, you know, pushing that program also to the right. So NASA Europa Clipper can use commercial launch uh, program if they need to. Ariane Space seeks greater support from European governments to balance support concerning American competitors. In this article I was reading, it. they're mostly talking about SpaceX. And they see them, they're mentioning SpaceX, hinting that SpaceX is their competitor. Well, they're asking the European government to, you know, get on board and say, hey, uh, we, we need to balance this out a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, that the American companies need to go and the same kind of uh, criteria that we have to go by when we're bidding against, you know, for launches, things like this. So um, they want, basically I say, I guess they're saying that it's not really fair the way it is going right now. So they're asking the Europe governments to step in and, you know, make it make it more fair, make it more balanced. They're pro- what they're probably seeing is uh, maybe, you know, maybe they're, they're they're requiring more funding than SpaceX does or something. 
and that's why these companies are going with SpaceX a lot. And then, you know, you see that happening here with the United States too, with like ULA and all this. And you know, now SpaceX is getting a lot more of the of the uh, government launches because they they do come in at a, a lower bid than some of the bigger companies. And uh, the bigger companies like ULA has also steps uh, stepped in and said, "Hey, you know, <laughs> what's going on here?" Well, it's you know, it's not a now there's more competitors out there, so. Uh, now, Ariane Space is saying basically, I guess, pretty much the same thing. We'll see how that goes. Japan Experimental Satellite Program to launch 15 satellites in 2021, and one of those satellites will be a Vietnamese uh, National Space Center satellite uh, called Nano Dragon, developed. Uh, and this, let's see, satellite weighing more than four kilograms uh, will be launched. I think it. I was reading it was the third satellite, uh, Cube satellite that uh, was made in uh, Vietnam, and uh, it'll be launched this year as part of those 15 satellites that the, uh, the JAXA will be launching. UK-based launch provider getting closer to reality. Skyrora performing static testing. The Skyrora's most valuable testing program to date has been successfully completed with a full static test fire of the upper stage of the Skyrora XL, Orbital launch vehicle. This brings Skyora more closer to launch readiness. Airbus signs two one-sat satellites contract with Intelsat. Airbus has signed a contract with Intelsat to build two one-sat satellites operating in multiple frequency bands on Intelsat's next-generation software-defined network. China's space station to be built with 11 scheduled missions. The core section of China's space station is scheduled to launch in the next several months. The first of 11 missions carrying lab elements, cargo, and astronauts to the fledgling outpost in the next two years, according to Chinese space program officials. Like I was talking about earlier, China's stepping up. This will be their third space station, and I'm sure it's going to be a lot bigger than uh, the Tiangong 1 and Tiangong 2. So this one, uh, I'm sure, will be much larger and will be uh, occupied, I'm guessing, for a lot longer time period. Uh, those other two, the first two, were basically tests for uh, the Chinese space station, and this is probably the uh, the outcome of those tests, this one here. So that'll be kind of interesting to watch. The, uh, the new Chinese space station. And speaking of space stations, the ISS, the International Space Station, will someday come tumbling down. Uh, many are saying that that day will happen in 2028, but we'll just have to wait and see. But before that, uh, there's been talk about some other stations going up there to replace the International Space Station. There's some other, been others that, uh, propose space hotels and things like this, but many of those, I think one was called Aurora Station, uh, that was like a crowdfunding effort, and that, that went flop, belly up, I guess, uh, not enough funding, which is, you know, it's pretty obvious, it's very costly to build a space station and put it up in orbit. And, uh, there was a, I think a couple others that were mentioned, but I, I, didn't really realize until now, just recently, that uh, Axiom uh, Space, their their Axiom Space has uh, plans to develop the next space station 
to take the place of the International Space Station. Uh, they're calling it Axiom Station or AX Station, A-X-S-T-A-T-I-O-N-X Station is what they're calling their project. And I was reading a little bit about it, and it's going to be designed uh, really nice. Is it going to have different modules uh, involved? And those modules are going to be starting to go up to space, it says, in 2024. Uh, I was reading some of their literature, and it looks like they have uh, four different modules going to be going up between 2024 and 2027. And then the final X station, the actual space station that will be taking over for the ISS, will be finalized in 2028. So uh, many of these modules, the first modules, I guess, are going to be going up and being attached. They, they've gotten permission from NASA, and I think they're the, maybe one of the only companies that has gotten permission to actually attach their space station modules to the ISS and build from there. So these, uh, let's see, AX-H1, AX-H2, AX-L, AX-PT, and then finally AX-Station will be going up. And I guess they're going to be locking on, docking on to each other to build the station while still attached to the ISS is what I'm guessing. And once the ISS is going to be decommissioned, uh, AX-Station will release itself from the International Space Station remain up there in space while the ISS does uh, come back down through the atmosphere and burn up eventually. So all preliminary stuff right now, but it looks like this company is going forward with all this. They've got approval from NASA, apparently, uh, according to articles, um, and they're going to be launching some uh, civilian astronauts also. And I guess this space station is going to be uh, n- not only uh, available for regular astronauts, uh, government astronauts, also civilian astronauts, also space tourists, it sounds like. They're actually going to have quarters where space tourists can be up there in space in the X station. So pretty exciting stuff uh, coming to the future. Once the ISS is decommissioned, I guess, we'll just have to wait and see. So now, you know, we're going to have the Chinese space station going up and also this uh, X station going up. So we'll see what happens in the future. NASA and the FAA partnership bolsters American commercial space activities, much needed in an ever-growing commercial effort for future of space. So I guess the NASA and the FAA have gotten together and they've signed a new memorandum of understanding reaffirming uh, their relationship, their long-standing relationship. And I guess words to affect that, that, you know, bring in the commercial aspect of space with the understanding, hey, there's going to be a lot more commercial efforts going on uh, in the future. It's not only going to be a NASA thing uh, anymore like it was so many years ago, you know, with um, Mercury, Gemini, Apollo, uh, things like this. It's just, it's a, it's a change space industry. So commercialization is going to be coming into it. Like I just talked about this space station, the X station. Uh, you know, it's a commercialized effort. And um, I believe, you know, and then, you know, Axiom will be building the 
the space station modules, and and I I think I read that uh, they're going to be having um, SpaceX, a commercial entity, uh, putting those up in orbit and uh, to the space station for them, the ISS. So good thing that uh, the FAA and NASA are getting together and th- looking at uh, the commercial commercialization efforts going on and uh, changing their MOAs to reflect that. So it's good for the future of space. Also, Netflix has revealed a uh, a teaser for a new show called Space Sweepers. It's a South Korean sci-fi film about space junk salvage. That ought to be interesting. I haven't seen the teaser yet, but I will. I'll maybe talk about it uh, again next week on Space Gab Podcast. SpaceX to be allowed 10 Starlink satellites to be launched into polar orbit, but a broader modification to their license uh, request was deferred. Future astronauts could use methane to make rocket fuel on Mars. Uh, there's a lot of article about how studies are being performed on using the methane found on Mars to provide rocket fuel, uh, something that, you know, has much needed once you get up there. How are you going to get back? <laughs> On January 7th, China launched a Long March 3B rocket with communication technologies test satellite number 5. Also on January 7th, SpaceX launched a Falcon 9 rocket with the TurkSat 5A satellite as the payload. And finally, on 7 January, the Cygnus cargo ship left the International Space Station and is now set to test 5G technology and spark fires in orbit. I guess once it was released from the International Space Station, it'll be up there another two weeks and it will be performing experiments, uh, different types of experiments, and one of them is 5G technology. Well, that's it. Until next time. Space Cowboys is... Play that drug.